Where the Capitals play? What's it called? Right? MCI Center, I think. Oh, or used to be. No, it used, this was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, what is it now? Capital One. I Capital mean, One. Yeah, Capital One. Yeah. The, MCI. When's the last time MCI was in business? Yeah, it's not a customer. <laughs> They're not a company anymore, but they We had a long distance service. Building. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now they're exclusively a, a naming rights company. Steven, Steven, what's your uh, what's your uh, long distance carrier? Are you a Sprint for, household or MCI? I'm, I have Verizon. You've Verizon, you've long distance at home. I, have, I guess. Do they give you like five cents a minute or what? <laughs> no idea. Okay. Absolutely no idea. Five cents I know. A minute. I know when oh. I go on vacation, I'm paying ten dollars a day for like online and whatever. No, I'm, talking, but, I'm talking about your landline, bro. Oh, I have no idea. Long distance. Do you know what long distance is? Okay, so so let me let me just. I have no little, fucking. Idea. Let me give you a lesson in in corded phone calling, non mobile calling. Is that there were local calls back in the day, and there were long distance calls. Local calls no, are think, free. Yeah, no, I think there's a difference, but I have no idea what the difference is. What you what you do is there'd be advertisements for like MCI and Sprint and different long distance companies, and you'd choose your. AT&T or whatever, and, and they would offer you a long distance rate. And sometimes, you know, okay. Right. I have no idea. We have Verizon. <laughs> okay. Do you remember uh, 1-800-COLLECT? <laughs> do you know what a collect call is, Stephen? No, I I know what a collect call is. Have I ever had to do it? I, I don't think so. Do you know I, what a phone I card mean, is? Phone cards. Yeah. What's a phone card? Well, didn't you use it to use a phone? Like a payphone type how, thing. So how would you use it? Uh, I have no idea. Phone cards were uh, <laughs> prepaid so it, you could give them as a gift and it was maybe like 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes and you could make a, a long distance call by dialing the number on you Dial 1-800 and then put in this pin and then you'd get however many minutes. And you could reload yeah. them and stuff. Yeah. Back, you know back what I day? had? Speaking of James Bond, when GoldenEye came out, I had a GoldenEye phone card. What, is that and I ha- <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, it, it was just like a phone card with like the GoldenEye logo on it. And it was like, oh, this is what James Bond uses when he makes a collect call. It, it had a, a tough <laughs> long of, distance call. It had a tuft of Pierce Brosnan's chest hair on it. Yeah, yeah. Gold but ha- awesome. Have you guys seen the? So they talked about it in the. Oh, well, well, Jarul and what was the name of the other guy who did the the fire fest? What was his name? Like the white guy who's in prison. Yeah, we only yeah. care about Jarul. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. No. It's not. It's not fraud. Yeah. <laughs> false advertising. It's false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the, one of their like schemes. Alan Dershowitz offer, over here. Well, it was the, the thing with the credit cards that they would get you like a fancy looking credit yeah. card. And yeah. I, I've seen ads for those on Instagram too now, like not theirs, but whatever. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, why would anyone get, you get it well, because it looks cool? Is that? I, I think it's like, it looks like you have a black card. Is that and, so and, like you go to your bar and then you're like, oh, I, I got this round. And then you throw up your, your black card. Or is it, it like it, it's better like when you are draw, making the lines for the cocaine? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but plastic works fine. Are we starting? Is this the show? Chris, can you give me a countdown? I'd like to hear Steven <laughs> countdown with a little bit of a pirate flair. Arr. One, two. 
Counting down wrong. <laughs> wrong order. This is counting perfect. up. <laughs> this is perfect. What are we counting up to? A thousand? Uh, <laughs> Where's the wrong? Just count until All Ryan right. gets here. How many James Bond novels do you have? Uh, well, there's 14 original James Bond uh, books. So 12 novels, two short story collections. And then I have like three or four other authors wrote books that were continuations of the original series set in the 60s. They're not written by, what's his face? The last ones you mentioned? Well, what's his name? Fleming? All of, all of these Fleming. books are Ian, Ian Fleming. So they all have like a woman on the cover. My favorite James Bond book is No Time Left to Not Die Tomorrow. You know, I, I am extremely upset that this movie keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> Like, I should have seen this movie in April of 2020, and I'm not going to see it until 2022. <laughs> and that means Daniel Craig is going to have been James Bond for like 17 years, and he should have been James Bond for like 10. And Who should it, the next it, James Bond be? I I mean, for a time, I thought it was Idris Elba, and now I have no idea. Uh, now it it's probably going to be James, James Norton. Well, uh, what's his name? Robert Madden? Richard Madden. They should do an interesting turn with the character and make Judy Dench into James yeah, Bond. That would be good. <sighs> no, James Bond has to be a man. He, it doesn't matter what kind of man. Like he could be, <laughs> he could be black. It really doesn't matter. It, it he just has to be a guy because the, if he's not no, a Stephen, guy, name all the kinds of men. Name all the kinds of men, and then we'll okay. find an actor for each category. How many genders? No, this is no podcast for for any kind of man. Is it true that the new James Bond movie that one of the main plot points is that the lady pilot from Captain Marvel like turns him down for sex? I think so because we have the uh, flea bag writer, creator, actor as the co script writer. So she's probably I don't know. You know, we should I just James. I it's like I like Daniel Craig and he's about six or seven years past his due date. Like we should have moved on at this point. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast and this very special episode where we are going to have our third, third, please tell me that's right, third. I think it's third. Movie draft. Uh, the first one was just me, Chris and Ryan. The second one we did with, did with Mr. Sonny Bunch. And today we are joined by Heritage Foundations, Adam and... We better beep we're... one of those things. And Oxford University's uh, Stephen. <laughs> to be clear, Oxford University Press's Stephen. He works for Oxford oh. University Press, not Oxford University. My opinions do not reflect my employers, just to let everyone know. He is yeah, in the, he is the business. Nothing here with anything to do with this show reflects the opinions of my employer. I want to make Stephen that very is clear. exclusively <laughs> in the business of driving down Flag Taylor's book sales. <laughs> this is what? true. This so is very had, true. You had nothing to do with the vaccine? No, not one iota. I wish I could joke about taking credit, but I, I don't want to. What? Take credit. <laughs> I give you all the credit. I mean, I'm I guess by nature of being affiliated with Oxford, I'm closer than some of you, 
but was the AstraZeneca one developed at Oxford? I I don't yes. understand. Okay, the yeah. AstraZeneca teamed up with some researchers at Oxford. I don't. They I don't teamed know. up with the uh, book publishing division, <laughs> and they went to their social media experts. <laughs> yeah, and... the social media aspect of their book publishing. <laughs> And now COVID's cured. So thank you, Stephen. Well, it's it's been a while since you guys have been on. Stephen reminded us before the show started that we <clears throat> lost half an hour of an episode or something. Uh, Adam, last time you came on, we talked about Batman v Superman. Is that absolutely? And now we're just um, a month and a half away from the Snyder Cut. So there's it, a lot of excitement here in Silver Spring, as you can imagine. But uh, the day we've been waiting for will be upon us. And and you, as you mentioned, you now live in Maryland. It's, it's a shame because I, I I hear some fun things have been going on in in DC. In your well, we were touching on the uh, the summer of unrest and a lot of the, uh, the the protests and some of the rioting. It was generally centered on in downtown near the White House. And I would have panic family members call me and say, we're so worried because we turn on the news and things are bad in Washington, D.C. And I always say, we live near the Capitol. Nothing's crazy ever happens <laughs> near the Capitol. It's very calm. I like how when I moved to the U.S. Uh, and I was in Urbana-Champaign, Illinois, and it would be... I don't know, not a tsunami or a hurricane or something on the East Coast or in Florida. And my parents would call me and be like, are you OK? Like, well, it's, it's not quite here. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, pretend, so, like, pretend like something happened in Greece. Like, yeah. that's the equivalent for us. Well, so, Adam, you are now neighbors with Tom Abella since you moved to Maryland? Apparently, um, but I haven't seen Tom. I- I'm sure at some point I'll see him in person, but no, he- he's nearby. Now, how, how greatly... He's too busy has... Has it having kids. Yeah. <laughs> how greatly has the number of members of Congress eating noodles in their front yard like, what's the ratio? Is that reduced quite a bit moving to Maryland? It is a sad thing because you would just walk around and see somebody kind of famous. Um, we were pushing the kids around and we saw Susan Rice sitting on her front porch. Like pushing them in a stroller or were you just like rolling, like pushing your kids? I was pushing them. Okay. I was physically assaulting right, I'm just them. trying to get the, I was trying to get the picture in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assaulting them in front of Susan Rice's house. And, um, but she, I, I kind of awkwardly was like, oh, that's Susan Rice. And then she just smiled and waved. It was very nice of her. When you get to Silver Spring in the suburbs, you don't see faces from CNN every day. So that is a, unfortunately a sad change of moving out into the suburbs. On the other hand, the rat population <laughs> has taken a dive. The rat and cockroach population, it is, it's declined considerably. Do you miss that? I do miss that. There was a few rats that were... Um, kind of quiet at night without them scurrying around in your attic. What was amazing is that you would just be sitting there and they were so casual about everything. Like they would just walk up. It was like the, the house dog. Like you come up and you scratch its ears, sit on your lap. It, it was really... The term is city kitty. 
So we had a lot of city kitties. But is that, so you said that there's no one famous around, but don't a lot of the, the wealthy people who live and work in D.C. also live in Maryland? But uh, I think in Chevy Chase, but Chevy Chase is yeah. partially D.C. and partially okay. Maryland. And then there are wealthier suburbs, but this is a very... It's a lot of schlubby, like consultants and subcontractors and fundraisers. Uh, yeah, government. And well, <laughs> yeah, the the think tank fundraisers should uh, should be shifts elsewhere. We should have our own our own subset of the DC metro area. Now, why is it called Chevy Chase? Like, <laughs> does the actor take his name from the? area or that's a real chicken and egg question isn't it (laughs) i I think it was the neighborhood first and then chevy chase took his name i've been watching community season one on on netflix for the first time have you not no oh god i was a big community guy but sunny had the one of the community writers mckenna on and it was such a great episode and i went very good watched it so all you kids out there who missed Community the first time around, now that The Office is off Netflix and you're looking for things to uh, make uh, gifts out of for your social media, Community is a good good landing but spot for you. Where's The Office yeah, I've now? Ne- I've done... never seen any Community. The Office is on the cock now. Because it's an M- NBC show. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, well, so is Community, but NBC wants nothing to do with Community, so they yeah, are I mean... happy to give it to Netflix. <laughs> Acquiring the office was a big thing for to launch the cock. I mean, you, you want to mm-hmm. when you're like they wanted to have a huge launch and like you have to have some sort of property uh, for people to subscribe to. For people to want for people to want the cock like you want mm-hmm. people to want it. Speaking of streaming services, you guys might have seen or heard of The Crown on Netflix. Yes, uh, yeah. the crown guy over here. It was announced today or yesterday that they're going to make a Swedish version about the the king. And I am so excited. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Who announced? The movie industry? I'm not sure. (laughs) The Swedish movie industry. Do you read the Swedish Hey, do you guys know this? Is there a Hollywood reporter for Sweden? Swedish variety. <laughs> what world events in the last 70 years have involved the the royal family of Sweden? Hey, well, do you guys know this you're, TV you're show that's, that's, out. that's about, you know, the most important sovereign in, in the world in the 20th century? Oh, there are some other studios making... A similar show about the Swedish monarch. Is this the Grace did Grace Kelly marry the, a Swedish king? It's what? No, she was Monaco. 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 I'm not watching then. How did you guys like the fourth season of The Crown? Have I didn't it? watch it. My what? my girlfriend watched it, and her name is Diana, and she really likes Princess Diana, so she was really into it. My colleague uh, I, I helped Margaret it. Thatcher write her last book. Um, was very dedicated to her, and he was appalled by the portrayal of Margaret Thatcher, so that clouded things a little bit. But at the same time, I I thought the Charles and Diana stuff was really interesting, just because uh, Stephen doesn't know this, but uh, Haberman remembers. Do you remember? what a footprint she had in our culture, especially yeah. considering we were American. I mean, I do not. I remember, remember when she died. Oh like yeah. That's the, yeah. the one memory I have of her is her, is her, her death. 
That's where I, she got her nickname from, Lady Di. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How dare you? But I, I don't recall a time going through a grocery aisle where the tabloids were there and not seeing her yeah. face. I mean, she was everywhere yeah. there's a lot in the the fourth season about how jealous some of the other royals uh, were of her fame now yeah. i don't know if if i'm just not one in who are there tabloids anymore i i don't know but like yeah. do, do you guys is is kate middleton or is that her name yeah is she yeah, on your radar at all like i think she was on our radar for a time but like all the harry and whatever his wife's name is like I don't get Yeah, Meghan Markle. That got a lot of noise on tabloids. But tabloids yeah, cover I, things like um like reality show contestants now, like The Bachelor. Hunter Biden. A lot. Hunter Biden. Oh, we love Hunter Biden. <laughs> We're very happy for him. But yeah, it's, it's like uh reality you're right, Adam. That's Instagram yeah. influencers get uh get tabloid attention now. It's so I have like push notifications one i have the wall street journal for american news and then i have some swedish and you have uh, the daily newspapers. mail it's insane that maybe half are real news and the other half are just about influencers what usually would belong in a tabloid the other half say joe biden won the election <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke that's a joke calm so down ryan with Ryan Ryan's gonna here. drive off the road <laughs> Well, Stephen, I when when uh, Adam mentioned Susan Rice, I'm wondering if you were what six years old back when she made the the claim that the uh, issues at the was it the Libyan embassy were a spontaneous protest about a like a YouTube video. No, I oh, I was yeah. in col I was in college during the Arab Spring, so <laughs> I'm not that young. But okay, right. I, I am younger than you all. So, so, like that was of all the whoppers told in DC, that that was a pretty that was a pretty big one. Yeah, no, uh, I have literally no faith in any politics whatsoever. So no, because Paul Ryan quit. So, uh, but but Steve, <laughs> no, no, no. no. So- More important than Paul Ryan is John Boehner quit. <laughs> Paul Ryan doesn't get drunk and smoke pot. <laughs> John Boehner gets drunk and smokes pot. He's you, the one we need to emulate. <laughs> so you know the proper German pronunciation of of the name Boehner, right? Boner, Bonner. <laughs> no, it's Boner. Yeah. Boner. Okay. Sounded Boner better in the original German. <laughs> yeah. So, so since we are a current affairs podcast, Adam, did you have Super Bowl thoughts? I do have Super Bowl thoughts. So, and it's a good reason Ryan's late because I. <laughs> Week one of the NFL season. This way, hang on, guys. I just want this mea culpa is going to be sweet. I just want to delay this so I can really drink it in. Let's <laughs> let's hear you eat crow. What I want to say is, you were accusing me of like it was a troll, or I sincerely thought after week one, Tom Brady was washed and Bill Belichick was going to prove that he's the ultimate football evil genius. The Patriots were going to go 12 and 0, win the uh, AFC East and at least go to the AFC Championship. Somehow they would eliminate four of their games and go 12 and 0. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with COVID, sure. 
And okay. then uh, <laughs> and then Tampa would go, you know, six and ten, and Tom Brady would embarrass himself, possibly get benched, and everyone would look at it the way they looked at Joe Namath in Los Angeles. That was my prediction. And, oh, and furthermore, I, you said apart from Bill Belichick, Tom Brady is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Not a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> I said that Tom Brady was the Art Garfunkel to Bill Belichick's Paul Simon. And uh, he... <laughs> so uh, it, it seems to me that in retrospect, this proclamation may have been askew. Slightly. So what was Let's, the Patriots record? Yeah, r- remind me, please. Yeah, yeah. It was seven and nine. I have no idea. <laughs> they were seven and nine. Um, part of it was um, uh, Cam Newton was a disaster. But, but you said it didn't matter. You thought the other guy, their, who was their quarterback before they got Newton? Oh, God. They ha- he was a backup for the Steelers for like a year. Yeah, I thought like, he was. Oh, gonna- he's going to go like 12 and four. Yeah, well, you know, in 2009, I believe, uh, Tom Brady got hurt, and they had some pump. Matt Castle. Matt Castle, yeah, yeah. they went 11-5. Like, and five. They missed the playoffs. Was it 10-6 or 11-5? They and five? Went, it was 11-5. and five. That's a really good record to miss the playoffs, but... Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good year that, that year. That must have been, because, like, the Dolphins wouldn't have won the division. Uh, there must have been, like, a butt fumble, like a Mark, like a... Mark Sanchez, Jets. That must have been one of the two years they were good. I actually think it was the Dolphins that year. I, I get. I you, think so. Was, that, that was like the last gasp of Jason Taylor of those Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was. It was the coach that had to wear the sunglasses all the time. He, he had a cool <laughs> look. May May he rest in peace. I know. Uh, uh, Steven, do you know his name? I maybe when I was sober, but no, not right now. <laughs> to, Tony Sperano. It's like one. Like letter one switch letter away from Tony. Rex Ryan. He's probably a cousin of yours. I guarantee you, you're related to Tony Sperano. There's a hundred percent chance you're going to see him at a wedding next summer. I mean, there are a few. See, I like the Giants and the Jets, so there are a bunch of Italian names throwing around. Like, um, who is the Jets trainer who who had that like dirty like knee? Like he like leaned his knee to like injure a player. Uh, Who was the player who was like? Adam, you have to remember what I'm talking about. I actually don't know what you're talking about at all. Like there, there's like he was just standing on the sidelines and and like a play, like there's a tackle or a, a, a return that kind of went out of bounds, and this trainer like leaned his knee to like try to injure the guy. My God. Yeah, it was horrible. He sounds like the team doctor that uh, for San Diego who punctured the uh, old West Virginia quarterback's lung. Wasn't West Virginia? It was Virginia Tech. Right? Oh, Virginia Tech's quarterback, um, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, he just yeah. punctured his lung. Hell of a Sal- doctor. <laughs> so here's the name of, of of the guy. It was Sal Alosi? Was this assistant coach who tripped the Dolphins player near the sideline? It's another cousin of Stevens. See, I, yes. I remember. I remember that happening, but I don't remember the coach's name. I guess he was a coach. Cool. Sorry. Strength and condi- the he's a strength and conditioning yeah. coach. He knows nothing yeah, about no. football. He just knows how to like jam roids and guys' asses. Yeah. yeah. When I was in college, I watched ESPN constantly, but it was kind of just background noise. So I picked up on all these stories, but I wasn't actually following them. 
Adam has not finished his mea culpa. So, you, you know, you, you were kind of reaching a crescendo when we got distracted. Well, I guess the crescendo is this. Uh, Tom Brady has proven that he is perhaps more than an above average quarterback. I, <laughs> I think he is a strong candidate for the Hall of Fame in five years. So, um, Except he lost to Eli Manning twice. Yeah, I mean that's that's, I mean, that's a pretty big mark against him. I mean, yeah. don't take that in consideration. And maybe if he wins on Sunday, you know, perhaps he gets into the hall with the other greats like Bill Cower. Well, uh, Adam, I thought you said you're done trolling. Uh, Adam, a shot at redemption. Uh, who wins Sunday? I want to say Kansas City wins <laughs> by four. Say yeah, twenty-seven, twenty. So low-scoring game, though, huh? I think so, actually, just because Brady is I, I, he really does not have his fastball. He threw three interceptions in the second half of the NFC championship game and the depleted offensive line for Kansas City will be a problem. But the the Chiefs will make enough plays to uh, to put them over the top. Thank you, Adam. That was that was I'm sure Ryan will really enjoy that when he gets a chance to actually listen to this. Does Ryan uh, listen to this show every week <laughs> to uh, wouldn't you get to the draft? But before that, Chris headline. Yeah, I have a headline. We like to keep track of what's going on in the world and keep our listeners up to date. So we broke a story uh, on the was it Belgium and Belgium's restriction on non-essential sex in was it indoors oh man yeah. it's been so long it's yeah, just hard indoors. to remember yeah and Only so we allowed with family members or something yeah oh god it seems <laughs> like there should be a law against that <laughs> maximum of three people or something but yeah yeah go on chris it can't be a second cousin. It has to be a first cousin or closer. <laughs> well, uh, this is a headline from the New York Post, and here's the headline. 81-person French orgy broken up for violating COVID-19 curfew. And it's a short article, so I'm just going to read the article. An 81-person orgy at a French warehouse was broken up by police last Friday for violating a coronavirus curfew. So I guess maybe they were just like, the orgy was too late at night. Is that what that means? The sex party in Collegian, about 20 miles outside Paris, also featured booze, sound systems, and light installations, the Independent reported. Police responded to the party at 9 p.m., three hours after France's curfew. Okay, so it was a time. And first found 11 people in the parking lot. Once authorities were able to legally enter the warehouse at 11 p.m., they discovered the orgy. The event was in breach of the curfew, and there were also problems with masks and social distancing. <laughs> You're kidding me. Social distancing at an orgy? Uh, th those involved at the party cooperated with the police, and there was no resistance to the police. As, long, I, as, you, as long as you mask up. They came quietly. You should be fine. I'm sure they got excited when they saw men in uniform and women, I guess. Hot, hot cops. Um, 81 people were fined for the, breaking the curfew, the report said. Three people suspected of organizing the orgy were questioned by police. So sounds like 
sounds like they're really taking this seriously there. They got a stern talking to. Yes. They got stern t- <laughs> Maybe they just wanted to know when the next one's going to be. Yeah. So I guess an 81 person orgy acceptable before 9 p.m. I don't know what the rules are with the social distancing. Science, man. The, we all know the virus comes out at night. So before before we get to the draft, one one last thing. I tweeted about this the other day, and, and I think that both Adam and Steven are going to agree with me. Atomic Blonde gets 10 out of 10. Terrific movie. Steven, you yeah. said that you recently purchased. I, I just got it in 4K, and it looks pretty damn good. <laughs> it I looks just, damn good just overall. So the scenes you're you're referring to are, are, are especially good <laughs> in 4K. I yeah, it's a trailer. I had a good trailer, and I went to a Halloween party like two or three years ago, and a girl was dressed as the Atomic Blonde, and that was a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Chris, it was you who talked about Atomic Blonde, and I had put off watching it because how how good could it be? But it was surprisingly good. Like ex- even besides the amazing scene that pushes it over the top, it was enjoyable. It had good violence. The fight scenes were actually the yeah, fights really well. are great. It's a movie that the parts that are really good are so good that the movie should be way better than it is. Like there, there it's just, there's too much of it. Like there's a, like one too many twists at the end. And, and I mean, they could have trimmed a bunch of it. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, two things about the substance substandard episode on atomic blonde. Number one, I'm going to blow your mind, Thomas gene reviews it. <laughs> You're going to want to go back and listen to that. And number two, it's, it was the weirdest episode. Cause I was trying, I just watched it maybe a month ago. And I was like, I can't remember what they said about it in substandard. And I went back and I listened to it. And like, they didn't get to the movie discussion until like 40 minutes into the episode. And oh. they talked about it for like 10 minutes. So that's like, that's why I didn't remember what they said about it. And basically they said like, Sonny could have been like speaking my thoughts of, of just like, like there's some really, really good aspects of it. But, like there's some weird, just like swings and misses. All right. So we are going to do a movie draft. And I asked Adam and Steven to, to choose a year. And they wanted to go back to the Stone Age for this one. So, uh, Adam, which year are we doing? We are doing a uh, an amazing year in American history. Uh, it was uh, the year a lot of the Lewinsky-Clinton scandal played out. Uh, it was the year that uh, was two years before the year 2000. Um, how, many, how many years before 2020 was it? It was 22 years before <laughs> 2020. The, the um, year that made Jonah Goldberg who he is, and he has not stopped talking about it since. I could listen to him talk about his mother and her involvement in the, the Paula Jones, or not Paula Jones. Well, yeah, she was wrapped up in the Paula Jones stuff too. I find that stuff fascinating. So he could talk about it all day, every day, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. anyway, we're going to talk about 1998. Yeah. Oh, that was the year that was two years before 2000. Okay. I was wondering what year we were talking about. I should have been more specific. I, I watched about seven movies this week. Just to... How old were you in 1998, Stephen? I was six years old in 1998. And it's the first year I remember actually going to the movies and I have multiple memories from 1996. So it's probably the first year that's really the year I remember as being, 
I guess, alive in the world. <laughs> well, well, it's, it really formed you into the movie savant that you are today. 1998. It, it's true. It's true. My my big memory from 1998. I mean, I, I saw Titanic in 1998. My my dad wanted me to go see it. And I saw it in my local theater before I went out of business. Business. You were six years old, and you and you saw Kate Winslet's boobs. Apparently, I don't remember, but I did. How do you? My, my dad not... said you need you need to see this movie in the theaters because I'll I'll be a bad father if I don't take you to the movies to see Titanic. I'm not sure that's and, true. Uh, <laughs> but but my my big memory from 1998 is that I saw the Mask of Zorro in the movies. And my dad told me at one point, I think somebody's somebody was about to get their head cut off and he told me to close my eyes and I closed my eyes. So that's my, my big memory from 1998. Yeah. So so your dad is is uh, subscribes to the Vic Mattis well, School of Parenting. Kind of. Not, did, did you also mm, go to Wild Things? No. He said, I I, what kind of a dad would I be if I didn't bring my six year old to see Wild Things? We are already off to a good start. Lots Kevin, of Kevin Bacon hangs dong. Oh, now we're talking. All right, so our categories are, Thomas, let me just make sure we have this correct. Drama is the first category. The second is action horror comedy, and those are any three of those. It doesn't have to be a, a horror action comedy. Uh, blockbuster, which uh, our criteria is it has to make $100 million. And uh, interestingly, was it... What movie was it that made exactly a hundred million? There's there's one that that like made it by the hair of its chinny chin chin. Uh animated slash foreign, wild card, and sequel. And uh before we start clicked record, we were talking about just how different of an era this was, in that the other dra- the other years we've done this was what what years did we do? Like 2011 and 2009 or something? Like like there's tons of did good you do sequels. 2012 and 2011. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. Mission Impossible sequels, there's Avengers sequels. In '98, the, like their sequels weren't really a thing. But there is an Avengers. There is an Avengers. <laughs> Adam, you saw it. I absolutely saw Avengers in theaters with my uh, with one of my best friends. We're still friends to this day. What is it any good? Is it is it to say is it the same it story? Is, it is something that you have to see because I, I think there's two movies that I'm excited to talk about. One being Avengers, the other, uh, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. They are emblematic of this time in Hollywood where they you're, they just did not get the blockbuster right. They they did not have oh we have an existing IP and we're going to. Uh, use that to create a movie with a built-in audience. They have that down to a science now. In the 90s, they did not have it figured out. And the Avengers and Godzilla with Matthew Broderick in 1998 are two examples of how badly that went. It's true. Was the concept of having tent poles established in 1998? I, I would say it was probably established, but like I said, it wasn't down to a science at this point. I was listening to Bill Simmons' uh, podcast, uh, The Rewatchables, and they did Terminator 2 last week. And what they were talking about is the summer blockbuster had existed before. Mm. Uh, it, it really came of age in the late 70s and through the 80s. Jaws. But yeah, Jaws is the first one. But what they were observing is that 
the uh, second Terminator was the first time where the synergy was really in full force, where they had Terminator 2 coming out in theaters, they had a corresponding video game, they were putting a ride in Universal's, they had action figures, they had a Happy Meal, and then that was a massive hit. And then basically for the rest of the 90s, it, that was in full force. And it was it worked until it didn't. It worked with like Batman Forever. It worked with uh, Jurassic Park. But by the time, you know, Avengers with uh, Ray Fine and Uma Thurman, no one's going on the ride and getting the custom cup at Burger King. I mean, so, I mean, the first one that I can recall that was kind of the integrated, you know, cup at Burger King or whatever was, was Dick Tracy in 1990. Yeah. that's. But, I mean, one. but that movie itself didn't make that much money. I mean, it made 160 million uh, as opposed to like even Batman uh, made 400 million. So yeah. Uh, How did this get made? Observed. It was that- way before I was born. Oh, it was a great time, Stephen. Uh, how did this get made, observed, when Batman with Michael Keaton hit in 1989, all these Hollywood executives were like, oh, superhero movies, that's the thing. And they thought, instead of like, oh, we'll do uh, an X-Men and a Spider-Man and a Captain America movie. They're, they're like, let's they do thought, that Alec Baldwin one with like Eastern mysticism. Yeah, they what were was that one called? Like these, the Shadow the, or something? The, the Shadow, that's the thing. They were doing like these like newspaper comic strips and these radio shows that no one gave a shit about. And they were just like, Oh, kids, they like Batman. They'll like the shadow. They'll like the phantom comic strip in, in a movie form. Yeah. How much did the phantom make? I saw phantom in theaters too. I actually liked it. I don't even know what it is. (laughs) Oh, it's good. It was a cartoon. So the shadow uh, grossed 48 million. Okay, so here, so we are going to do a, a snake draft order. Uh, the, Phantom, order of- the, the Phantom grows seventeen million. You, you don't so, like our, our trip down memory lane? Is this going to be too hard for you to cut, Thomas? No, that- yeah, I I really don't care. So for for the snake draft order, we are going to well, Stephen. No, 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 no. I have a celebrity. You have a celebrity, John Cleese. And we are supposed <laughs> to guess the network of John Cleese. And uh, and then the, yeah, so uh, in pounds or in American dollars? American dollars. Okay, Stephen, you are first. What what, what is your guess? Twenty two million. Adam, you're next. Twenty one million. <laughs> Coward. Hundred and ten million. Uh, I'll say one hundred twenty million. A hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> What's right? He did like eight episodes of Faulty Towers. He's not worth that much. <laughs> he's, he's worth twenty million. He was what? he was really? R in 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 the world is not enough. <laughs> yeah, so, Adam, Adam thinks Q that John Cleese. The other day. <laughs> John thinks the extent of John Cleese's career was two seasons <laughs> of Faulty Towers. Okay, excellent. Hey, I got it right. I do think he blew a lot of his money. Like. You know, the, this is what's wrong with the world. John Cleese, twenty million. Jennifer Aniston, over three hundred. John Cleese is like a like a Mount Rushmore comedic talent, and you know he's worth twenty million. Jennifer Aniston was in Office Space, which is better than any movie that John Cleese is in. Jennifer Aniston was in uh, a movie from nineteen ninety. I don't remember which one. Leprechaun Two. 
We're not moving on. Your sequel, Adam. Uh, okay, so so the order is uh, Adam goes first, then Steven, then then me, and Chris is last. So yeah, so the rules are: you get to draft movies. You don't when you draft them, you don't have to put them in a specific category. But by the end, you need to make sure that you have a movie that you can put in each of the six uh, six categories. The movie that I was thinking of was The Object of My Affection from 1998 with Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. A young Paul Rudd. You watched, Stephen? Did you? Did your dad say, I like? I will never forgive myself <laughs> for my son to see The Object of My Affection? All right, uh, Thomas, give me the order again. Adam, Stephen, Thomas, Chris. All right, so I get the draft first. You do. You do. And it is any any genre. Yeah. I'm excited. This is uh, easily the best movie of 1998. It is in the horror comedy action genre, that famous genre. It is still beloved to this day. And it is, uh, this one is in fact directed by the Uh, Brothers. Son. You all wanted it. I love you, but I hate you. (laughs) I know how much John Cleese is worth, and that means I am going with The Big Lebowski. (sighs) Which was not a hit. uh, It was their follow-up to Fargo, and it had all of this heat, and the audience was just sort of confused by it, and (laughs) and it became a hit uh, on cable and DVD. It's in my top three of all time. (laughs) <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is so very funny. Uh, every performance is good. The casting is great. The costumes are great. The soundtrack is great uh, from beginning to end. It's it's a hysterical movie. Yeah, it, well, it's phenomenal. And I don't think Thomas has seen it. I haven't. I mean, you've point. never seen The Big Lebowski? I Either don't he remember hasn't it. seen it or he hates it. I don't remember it. Which you, is- Thomas, watch it right now. It, it <laughs> like Even if you don't get it, you'll like it. <laughs> It's just one of those things. Even if you don't get it, you'll like it. Okay. Well, Steven, you have the second overall pick. Well, The Big Lebowski was was, was my number one. But I will go with um, probably the most versatile movie of 1998. Uh, it fits in at least three of the six categories. And that'll be Lethal Weapon 4. Oh, that was on my list. I will uh, I will mention that we are going by the IMDb categories or movie genres uh, just right. just so, so th- people are aware. So this fits in the horror comedy action category, it fits in the blockbuster because it made over 100 million and it fits in the sequel. How does it rank among the lethal weapons? Is it the worst of them? <laughs> it's, it's the two, second it's, worst. The third yeah, one it's, is It's probably worse. number 3. I would say it's number 3. Yeah, 3 is bad. Though it is funny to watch three because the villain is a, a police officer who supplies gangs with guns. It's an amazing <laughs> premise to the movie. It has all the, they all wear anti NRA t-shirts. <laughs> it's funny. I watched all four lethal weapon movies amidst the, the whole George Floyd protest. <laughs> so it's just a, a very weird dynamic. Is four the one? I can't with imagine Jet- why, Stephen. <laughs> is four the one with Jet Li? Yes. Okay. The great Jet Li. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted Jackie Chan, and he turned it down because he only plays heroes. 
third overall. Very excited to be able to to pick this this high. Uh, we're of course going with Saving Private Ryan. Crap! <laughs> I was hoping that I could pick Saving Ryan's Privates. Uh, honestly, at third, it feels like a steal. That used to be my favorite movie of all time, and then I kind of I don't know. Is it grew up? <laughs> I never I cared on, for it. I moved on to I... better Spielberg movies like Jurassic yeah. Park. Like Hell yeah. My gosh, Jurassic Park is garbage. All right. Uh, uh, when Steven said uh, he was going to pick a versatile movie, I assumed that he was talking about the most entertaining versatile movie of the year, which, of course, was The Mask of Zorro. I love that movie. A Chris, young. I... <laughs> Go ahead. No, that that's the first PG-13 movie I ever remember seeing. That's all I have to say, is yeah. that I saw that movie when I was six years old. Featuring a young Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, the Welsh-born beauty playing a Mexican <laughs> beauty. I don't know if that's okay. It works. It works. Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's the one who is together with Michael yeah, she Douglas. Gave, she gave Ma- Michael Douglas mouth cancer. That's it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, since it's a snake draft, Chris, you got... I get to go again. Um, I'm going to go... Oh, boy. Oh, this is this is tough. There are uh, a lot of really good options right here. I was going to lean one way because I have a lot of affection for this movie, but I'm going to go for the best comedy uh, of the era, which, of course, is There's Something About Mary. Wrong. That's not even the best comedy of the year. Uh, well, that's because you're an idiot. That is not the best comedy of the year. It's not even on my list. <laughs> defend, uh, defend something about Mary. I've never seen it. <laughs> to be oh, honest. my gosh. That movie was, I mean, that was a movie that people quoted for years. I mean, it, that movie, and maybe it was just the age I was like it, it, it was a big hit and it, uh, was that Fairly Brothers? It was a Fairly Brothers. They they didn't really follow it up all that well, but like (laughs) when you strike gold, like it's, it's memorable. See, I had a friend in, in my film class who wrote a script about a guy getting his, you know what, stuck in his zipper and passed it off completely original. And the professor the professor was like, oh, this is great. And a bunch of people were like, this is literally right out of There's Something About Mary. And I I never I had never seen it, so I, I didn't know. But had that yeah, kid he, he, he totally it, changed he just it. Everyone forgot about it. I no, I'm sure he he saw it. He just completely completely cheated his way through he didn't realize he couldn't do that <laughs> he's basically canon films i mean yeah. so so that was funny but like not i mean like i mean at the time the, the whole like this was is like that hair gel? is that hair gel <laughs> uh, anyway all right next thomas so, so we we have we are in this recent fad or it's not even really a fad anymore, but it's just business practice where you are supposed to remake old movies. And recently, Disney decided to remake a 1998 movie, uh, which is one the of Avengers. the best animated movies of all time. I'm, of course, talking about Mulan. That is my pick. Okay. Steven. Okay. So I am going to pick... Uh, let's see... You know, uh, there there's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie from this year. What is there? No, there isn't. <laughs> Liar. Is there? I okay. I was looking through the list of movies. Dead Man's Curve. Is that not? Is that or is that not a Pirates movie? I am going to pick for 
drama, The Truman Show, which I've known about for years. I've seen clips for years, but I finally watched this week in preparation for the show. Holy cow. It could have been filmed this year. The just the reality TV and the fact that it was 23 years old is 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 amazing. Who is the the female lead who plays his wife in that? Uh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Oh, my oh, goodness. Much. She yeah. must have been 1998. Yeah, I mean, so I, I just watched for the first time The Squid and the Whale a couple weeks ago. And I mean, that's young Laura Linney. And so that's even five years after this or something. Do uh, do we know when the next season of Ozark's coming out? Never. Ne- next and last. I think they canceled it. Oh, is that the joke? I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I just yeah. step on your joke? What? Is that, is it no, really? they didn't cancel it. I thought they canceled it. Oh, no. I'm going to bing this right they now. They wouldn't. Uh, Adam, Adam, make your pick. You have, you have two picks, Adam. I have two picks. So we will go Blockbuster. Um And I'm going to choose a very important movie because it launched the uh, Marvel Cinematic, not the Cinematic Universe owned by Disney, but it was the first successful budget Marvel movie. No, sir. I am talking about a movie I watched a few weeks ago, Blade. (laughs) It is a very well-made movie. It has a great tight plot. Uh, Wesley Snipes is at his best. Um, I encourage you all to rent it on Amazon because Wesley Snipes does have tax problems, and he. Oh, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a superhero who doesn't pay his taxes. Yeah, he's a real hero in my book. Taxation is theft, so good work, Wesley. All right, I'm still on the board, so um, it's a terrible let's, choice. Let's move over to drama. And this is for my good friend in New Jersey, Stephen. I am going to choose one of my favorite movies of 1998. I saw it in theaters. It stars Nicolas Cage, and it was directed by the great Brian De Palma, cinematic <laughs> auteur Brian De Palma. It is Snake Eyes. It's <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> very what? Good. What? Everyone needs to watch what? Snake Eyes, directed by the uh, great. Why are you not even on the board? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Nicholas Cage plays a corrupt cop, but he go in Atlantic City. He's going to the big fight at uh, probably a Trump casino, and there's a hurricane <laughs> going on, and there's a shooting, and he tries to solve the crime, and he uncovers a conspiracy. Wow. That's all I can say is wow. I don't remember all the details, but I did watch it, I don't know, two or three years ago, and I really liked it. So It's great. Yeah. Anything with Nicolas Cage is great. Even if it's really shitty, it's great. Oh, my God. (laughs) Steven, can you remind me what your last pick was? My last pick was The Truman Show. Right. Okay. Steven, you're next. Uh, I am next. Um... Were you gonna? Were you planning to pick Snake Eyes, Stephen? Or <laughs> no? No, I mean it was on my list, but hell yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, for um horror comedy action, I'm I am going to go with I can go with with the movie that you guys like, but also the movie that I grew up with that I wasn't allowed to see when I was six years old. So I'm gonna go with that, and it. For for comedy action, I'm going to go with Small Soldiers. 
I don't remember if it was Burger King or Wendy's, but they had the toys in 1998 and I was six years old and I, I adored this movie and I was not allowed to see it because it was way too violent for a six year old. And I would, I would draw pictures and I had all the action figures and I finally saw it when I was in middle school and I was like, holy shit, this was not a movie for kids. Small Soldiers was one of those great things like Dante's <laughs> Peak and Volcano and uh, Wyatt Earp and Tombstone. Like Small Soldiers came out like, six months after Toy Story. So you have this animated classic movie and then you have this like weird, shitty, uh, bizarre action comedy that apparently appealed to a young Steven that was wildly inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah, Everyone no, remembers I, I have, Toy Story, but only Steven remembers Small Soldiers. I have I have coloring books. I have action figures. I saw the movie a few years after, but I like that's a definitive movie of my childhood. Awesome. That's a really <laughs> like, strange. You guys mentioned Dennis Leary, and I think of Small Soldiers. <laughs> I've never even David heard Cross of this Small Soldiers before even Arrested Development. It's like Small Soldiers. <laughs> David Cross is in it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, it, it's awful, but I it's just it's just something I grew up with. I was never allowed to to enjoy it. <laughs> the forbidden movie. The forbidden fruit. <laughs> with my third pick, oh god. Uh, we're going to we're going to fill a position here. With my third pick, I choose Rushmore. Oh, you Ooh. son of a... You don't even that like that other, movie. That was my other choice, but I, I went with the movie that I love. I'm surprised that was on the board as long as it was. This this is mostly a pick out of spite. Uh, Chris, is, it is your turn. I like that pick even more in that case. <laughs> I can see how upset Haberman is. You thought that would stay up there, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did, Thomas. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Okay, um... That that kind of deflates me because that is my favorite movie of this year, like by a thousand yards. Um, <laughs> picked it first, then. Yeah, I mean, we're we're building. I'm building a team here, so I'm just picking, <laughs> picking the best players. I'll go with Enema of the State, uh, the great Gene Hackman and Will Smith, uh, spy thriller, and I will techno go thriller. Techno thriller. Techno thriller. I gotta be honest. I haven't seen it since like 1999, oh. but I thought it was pretty <laughs> awesome in 1999. It was like the height of Will Smith's coolness, and uh, it was great. Um, and I'm gonna go uh, since you took Rushmore. I'm gonna go. Um, I mean, one of my favorite directors. Uh, it, well, I mean, this is a great year. Um, we got a Coen Brothers movie. We got a Wes Anderson movie. We got um, the Palma movie. Yeah, right. Yep, everyone loves those. Uh, Adam loves De Palma. Uh, we get a Soderbergh movie. We've got a Guy Ritchie movie, and of course, we have a Whit Stillman movie. So I'm going to go with The Last Days of Visco. I have no idea what that movie is, uh, but I know no. Whit Stillman is a member of the Mega Thread, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> he sold his apartment in New York City to help finance his first movie, Metropolitan. It's crazy. <laughs> And at I've one never point, seen a single one of his movies. I, I, they're always in my queue on streaming yeah. platforms. And That's crazy. You haven't I seen any of them? Again. Never, I've never seen one of his movies. And I would probably like them a lot. Well, certainly Love and Friendship. I mean, everyone should watch Love and Friendship. It was interesting. Uh, Christopher Buckley's book, The Martian. Has anyone 
or not the Martian, Little Green Men. Sorry, I read that. Yeah, Little Green Men. Like, I think he was hired um, to to direct that movie, but it never made it past kind of the initial stages. Thomas, there's a gaping hole on on my draft list that I don't know how to fix. So Halloween H two O. Ooh. Age 20, Halloween 20 years later. You've never seen that movie. <laughs> but it is a movie. Is it? It is, it, it is in it, fact, a movie. You, you know what it is? It is a sequel. Okay. Which, Jamie Lee, which, Jamie Lee which, Curtis is in it, so it's a legitimate sequel. I, I don't know what that means. Can you explain? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis He's was... saying it's not a reboot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's not just a schlocky sequel. Like, she came back 20 years later to to play whatever role she was in the original Halloween. That was the thing that bothered me in the recent Halloween sequel, reboot, whatever it was. It was like, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is back, finally, after all. And he's like, right. she came back it's like in she 1998. Was there <laughs> right, right. I, I, I really didn't like the new movie because it just felt fake. It, it was a, the, the here, here, here's an IP we have. Let's make money of it mm-hmm. and come up with a story, sort of. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, Stephen, you're up. All right. There, 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 are, there are still some good movies on the board. Okay, so I have an action movie, a drama, and a sequel. So I'm going to say for my uh, a blockbuster, I am going to go with the 1998 Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, which was a movie I really liked as a kid and I haven't seen in 20-something years and is really bad, I'm assuming. My favorite thing about the Godzilla 1998 <laughs> is that they couldn't really get the CGI working, so they made it rain in the movie. And they even have like a throwaway line is like, oh, I'm so tired of all the rain. <laughs> so they could hide how terrible Godzilla looked. There were there were dollar bills falling from the sky. They made it See, rain. It's funny because my I imagine that movie, it's the CGI being really good. <laughs> I have not revisited it in I don't know how long. I've never seen it, but 1988 CGI. I, I'm just guessing it's it's not as good as you remember it. There's there's that uh, new uh, Godzilla v versus Kong. Is that coming out this year, or did they? No, they're dumping it on HBO Max. It comes. Oh. The trailer just came out. It 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 looks bad, but I'll, I'll certainly watch it. Well, see, I don't know. So I, I have this mental block. Like I've never seen a Godzilla because like a, a giant lizard that. That like it that just doesn't interest me. Just like like I've heard so many people talk about how much they love Blade. And like I, I turned so it on good. one day, like it opens up in this club and suddenly there's blood. I'm like, oh, that's right. This is about vampires. And I just turn it off. I'm like, you know what? It's at a, a um it's at like a giant butcher thing. Yeah. In yeah. Packing yeah. <laughs> so yes. it's all the cow blood falling on them. It's yes. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I turn I turned it off because I was I was like because I, I had forgotten that he kills vampires, right? He's a daywalker. In in 2019, I went with uh, one of my best childhood friends and his son, and we went to see Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters. And uh, his son is 11 years old. Loved it. Like, he he's so into Godzilla. It's probably his favorite movie of all time. Uh, so, so it, <laughs> Show it him has... the Matthew Broderick version. Uh, Adam, you have two straight picks. Hey, hang uh, on, though. Let's, like... What's weird about Matthew Broderick is he went from like cool guy, like charismatic youth and Ferris Bueller <laughs> to middle-aged, slightly overweight, <laughs> you know, like, like the, basically the character oh. he played in, in uh, election. Like he went, like he made that transition in like six years. 
my podcast co-host from from New Jersey, he hates Matthew Broderick. So, so I we we started our podcast, the Ruminations, with with an overview of Disney, and he abhors Matthew Broderick as Simba. <laughs> I love that and Chris hates Matthew Broderick. <laughs> That's a great fact. We've, we, He's like such a random person like, to just I don't, hate. I don't care about Matthew Broderick. I don't think he's great. Like I right. like Ferris Bueller, but I don't really he's, care. One he, he's it's too like unimportant he, to hate. Yeah, he hates Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller. Well, I mean, if you're married to a horse, what what do you expect? So, uh, Adam, two straight picks. Uh, so I did the drama was the great uh, Snake Eyes. The blockbuster was Blade. And I did comedy. So horror comedy action is done for me. We will go with Wild Card. And I'm going to choose the X-Files movie. Which is a real thing, yeah. It uh, it was a pretty good movie. It came. There's more than one, Chris. There's more than one X Files movie. More than one. Yeah, they like. Are they really like movies, or are they like extra long episodes? So they made one in 2010 that was was kind of fun, but it was just like a two hour episode of X Files. But um, the X Files movie was like big budget, big, and, mm. and they were always sort of coy in the show. Like maybe there's aliens, maybe there isn't. But then they had like okay. a big reveal of the alien spaceship. Uh, so it was a pretty cool. Did the aliens uh, probe? Pretty cool movie. Probe any kind of rural people? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I recently rewatched all of the episodes and the movies uh, before the reboot. Uh, came on, and then I wasn't all too. I mean, I watched the reboot reboot because it's the X Files, but I'm not. I'm not sure I loved it. Let me do my next pick. Uh, so um, I haven't done an animated yet. My animated pick is Batman and Robin Sub Zero. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I, def- I definitely saw that in '98. What is this? Explain. Uh, the Batman the Animated Series with uh, produced by Paul Dini, the, uh, the great DC Comics uh, producer. And it is where Batman and Robin fight Sub-Zero. It was a 90-minute cartoon as a continuation of the animated series. Does, uh, is the Joker in it? No. Well, but was Mr. this the... Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Was, was this the, the series that Mark Hamill played the Joker, or was that later? Yes, it was that yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another movie called Batman Mask of the Phantasm that Mark Hamill is in as the Joker. That's fabulous. Sub-Zero is not as good, but it's uh, certainly better than Batman and Robin with Arnold. Yeah, Sub-Zero <laughs> you're, you're, saying, you're saying the Batman and Robin uh, feature film. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was Sub- Sub-Zero felt more like a direct-to-video, whereas Phantasm, I think, was felt like a, a feature film. Correct. But I think correct. They were they were both in the movies, weren't they? I think so. I saw them both on video, but I think Batman and Robin Sub Zero was in the movie theater. Yeah, I definitely saw Sub Zero on VHS from Blockbuster, like in ninety eight, ninety nine. I don't think I saw the Phantasm until years later because that, that came out when I was when I was like one or two years old. It was Roger Ebert's favorite Batman movie? Yeah. I mean, it, it is really great. 
So, so Thomas and I are not comic book guys, and uh, I think many of our listeners aren't either. So, I, I want to explain just my mystification at, at the the fact that, like, in my mind, I kind of associate cartoons with kids and comic books with kids. You know, a cartoon comic book movie would be a kids movie, and so, like, like I'm when I encounter like an animated superhero movie i'm like oh i I should show this to my kids but like i keep finding these batman animated movies that are like rated r like these like they are not kids movies there are a number of them i couldn't even i couldn't even name that are r-rated so what's going on is warner brothers is just adapting the graphic novels that have come out from the last couple of decades which are very good and then doing like shot for shot animation adaptations of is that them. satisfying though for like just i mean shot for shot like i don't i don't find them interesting you yeah, read the comic book like yeah why, it's why exactly you, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't find them interesting at all yeah mm-hmm. i saw the uh the killing joke a few years ago in theaters and i wasn't super familiar with the comic book but i knew it enough that the movie wasn't like it needed to do a little bit more get my interest is that the comic book that they mentioned on the substandard where one of them got that for their daughter um and then (laughs) jvl JVL was like oh my gosh like they they like capture batgirl and strip her off her clothes and like (laughs) uh it's kind of like it's rough it's a rough watch yeah yeah not for the kids not for the kids all right uh where are we in the draft steven i thought i just went i'm going again what did you pick i picked godzilla yeah, so that's the way the snake works. Yeah, so um, Adam picked X Files and Batman and Robin, whatever, whatever, and then you're up for uh, animated. I will pick Prince of Egypt. That is, I I like that pick. It was between uh, that and Milan. Not a bug so that, huh? That's, Pixar made a movie. Okay, I believe that's Val Kilmer is Moses and Rafe Rafe Fane. A fine. I don't know how to say his name. Voldemort, the star is, uh, of of the Avengers. You do not know his for name. Is That's how he follows up his Academy Award winning turn. <laughs> he's Ramses. So uh, yeah, no, I I saw that in the movies when I was a little, and like every I don't know three or four years around Easter, I watch it. So it has uh, it has that one song, "Deliver Us." Yeah. Part of it is in Hebrew, I think. Rush Hour uh, is my okay. pick. Good pick. <laughs> Love Rush Hour. That, that was the one I was wrestling with uh, when I picked There's Something About Mary. Rush Hour is, is the sentimental pick. Big fan of Rush Hour. And, and I, you know what? Haters, like anyone who hates Rush Hour 2 can just turn off this podcast. That Rush a, Hour 2. Everyone is likes that a thing? I feel like I've heard people diss Rush Hour 2. Just a delightful movie. Okay. Well, but uh, who doesn't uh, like Chris Tucker? Chris Tucker's great, and and that was kind of at his height. But like, didn't he convert to like Jehovah's Witness or something weird? Like right after that movie. Two picks to round up your team. This this was an incredibly weak year for uh, animated uh, oh. movies. I, I I acknowledge Mulan it was a good animated movie, but uh, I'm gonna go foreign. Uh, so even though it was a pretty weak year for foreign films, I'm going to go with Run, Lola, Run. I just watched that two nights ago. And Did it you, was for, great. For the first time? Yeah, it, it's funny because when I took my film classes in college. I was going to say, that's like a film school movie. <laughs> Run, Lola, Run was the example in like all of my textbooks about the 180 degree rule, which was about like you can't cross that rule 
uh, it's if somebody's running left to right, like you can't then show somebody running right to left. Like it has to continue left to right until you, I don't know, show someone turning literally on screen to go the other direction. So, uh, yeah, sounds, no, sounds it, like a great film. I was just like, you how know, it consistently it, shows people running in the same direction. <laughs> like, oh, this is pretty good. They're still going there right. No continuity errors in that movie. And they they follow the 180 degree rule. I love it. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's actually just a really well-made, interesting, philosophically, I don't know. It's, it's a good movie. So that's definitely going to win that category. And so I have one. Uh, so I need a sequel. So, uh, Really, really weak year for, <laughs> for sequels. I mean, Air Bud time. Air Bud Golden Receiver. No, I'm not going to go with that. <laughs> the, the Odd Couple Two. I didn't see the first one with uh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Le- oh wait, wait, wait. Was the first one like the like 30 years earlier or something? Yes, it was. Uh, it, it was with it was with uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. It was directed by the guy who directed uh, The Graduate. Mike Nichols. Yeah, Mike Nichols. So with for my sequel, I think I'm going to go with Six Days, Seven Nights uh, with uh, Harrison Ford and Anne Heche. That's a sequel? Wait, there's, 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 there's the number the six title. and there's a the number seven in the title. So. But you didn't see one through five. <laughs> I, is that a rule? Like, I haven't seen Lethal Weapon 1, 2, or 3. Um, would that have precluded me from picking Lethal Weapon 4? I mean, I guess there's also American History X. So I didn't watch 1 through 9. <laughs> I think you might have to try something else, Chris. Are you saying I can't use, do American History 10 either? That's that's what I'm saying. You're kind of throwing a, a wrench in my plan. Um, Shakespeare and Love. Shakespeare and Love uh, was the uh, was the best picture that year, wasn't it? Yes. was, yeah. It was the beginning of Harvey Weinstein and his uh, dirty tricks. He, he did a campaign attacking... Saving Private Ryan. Saving Ryan's Privates. I'm going to go... Ah, boy. If I can't do Six Days, Seven Nights, I'm going to go with the the one that I overlooked. I can't believe it. It's it's actually the best movie of the year. Um, And it's a sequel. And it was on my list. And I I just didn't put two and two together that it was a sequel. Um, And so I can't believe it fell this far. Um, Star Trek Insurrection. Like there, there's no number in there, so I totally forgot that it was a sequel. Star Trek Insurrection won that category. Boom! It is the ninth film. Yeah, in the Star Trek film series. Yeah, it is one of the worst Star Trek movies. <laughs> uh, well, you're wrong because it's the best. What do you like about Star Trek Insurrection, Chris? Just the 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 spaceships. <laughs> but why is it better? Because they all have spaceships in them. What is what in particular? These about are fast the Enterprise. Trackers? E, it's the Enterprise E in this one. Yeah, well, that's just it. Is it's the E, which is way better than A through D. It's it's like it's Picard each, part of the Borg. Each generation is is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, it's too late at night. <laughs> Didn't you think it was a exponentially? Of the plot? It is exponentially but, better than the previous one. But the TNG episode where Wesley Crusher meets the That's these right. Native it Americans. is the next generation. Uh, Picard is, 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 I mean, it has Patrick Stewart. Don't you think it's a retread of that plot when they're trying to, the, the Federation is displacing this uh, planet because they have this rejuvenation atmosphere? I mean, I would, like, you, you say tomato, I say tomato. I mean, you say a retread, I say an improvement. 
<laughs> but see, the episode with Crusher is way better, even though it's a Wesley Crusher episode. I think you're thinking of Star Wars, where they fall <laughs> under the Crusher and they stop it. That's a different movie. So you're mixing up your space movies here. <laughs> okay, but enough about uh, garbage shoots. With my last pick, and I have saved my wild card, and I can't believe I'm I'm getting this movie right now. So at first, I was really upset. I, I looked at the list of movies and how my, much money they My made. giant is it going to be my giant? <laughs> And I noticed that Goodwill Hunting came out in 1997, so uh, ineligible. But I was going to say, like, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but you know who's in in Goodwill Hunting? Matt Damon. Matt Damon had a few really good years around here, so he did Goodwill Hunting. You know what else he did? He a crappy movie that everyone loves, but Rounders. Rounders is is terrible. That's a stupid movie. You can't pick Star Trek Insurrection. You can't say it's the best movie of the year. Is there like okay? Are they playing poker in space, Thomas? Because my movie has space in it. I really like my team, uh, Stephen. Your last pick. My last pick. Do you have any uh, holes to fill? So my last pick, I think, is my wild card. And looking at what's left, I think maybe Armageddon. Is, All right. is that your final? I'm surprised this Which did not go I, earlier. That was a huge, huge hit. I've never really liked, it. but I think it's a pretty freaking big deal for 1998. It, it, is, like, it is a big movie. Everyone's has that movie seen aged it? Well? Like, has everyone seen it? Like, yeah, everyone, yeah. literally everyone's seen it. Yeah. Really? But, like, are kids today watching Armageddon? Probably not. Steven, Steven. Don't want to fall asleep. That song was so shitty. It was everywhere. So... <laughs> oh my god! It's That's back when I, I actually missed this. I we watched Batman Forever this summer, and <laughs> how it ends with "Kiss from a Rose" and "Seal." And I I miss the music video tie-in to these movies. I, they should bring that back. There were remember so the, many Do you remember the three three. Musket, Do you remember the Three Musketeers one? All for one and all for love. <laughs> Brian Adams, <laughs> Rod Stewart and Sting? Yeah, and then Brian Adams did a song with Robin Hood Prince of Thieves too. Yeah, and I I had a boss once who married a secretary and he was telling me that that's what they played at their wedding. <laughs> How long did that marriage last? They're still together. This was the second marriage. So. Okay. Oh. <laughs> of course, you know you don't marry a second. You know, okay. I'm Luckily sorry. for me, he doesn't know what a podcast is, so he's not going to hear me <laughs> repeating this story. So uh, let me tell one quick story about him. Uh, we were on a business trip, driving uh, across Pennsylvania to Northern New Jersey, so I could be closer to Stephen. And um, he was telling me that he took his grandkids to see the Lion King remake. And I was like, what do you think of it? He said, I I thought it was good. But you know what I don't understand is how did they get the animals to do all that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a serious question. Yeah, he's being 100% serious. And I said, well, they have something called computer generated uh, imagery. He's like, ah, use computers. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I I how, honestly I, don't don't know how people function in the real world <laughs> that ask questions <laughs> like that. 
he must be amazed at every movie with special effects. Yeah. Like, because he's in Star Wars, it's like, documentary. <laughs> it's like, so they went to space to film this. It's interesting. <laughs> so they actually shot and killed that actor, but I saw him at the Academy Awards. Finish up the draft. I um I have a sequel left. That's the Adam, only thing. Adam is, Adam's taking up the rear for us. And, and I'm surprised this is this sequel is still on the board considering <laughs> Okay, Jason Cooper. US Marshals, the sequel to The Fugitive. It was right. uh it's not good. Um, <laughs> same plot as The Fugitive, but I, I think it's Wesley Snipes is the guy on the run. A big year for Wesley Snipes. Big What's year that? for not paying taxes. Was yeah. that straight to video? Or? No, it was a big... I think what's funny to me is Hollywood, like, after The Fugitive came out, they were not like, oh, Harrison Ford, the, the widower trying to clear his good name. Everyone was like, we need to see more of the procedural. We need to see more of the cops banter around the office in Chicago. And it, it just is, um, it's, uh, what's his name? From Al Gore's roommate from Harvard. Uh, uh, who Tommy played Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Um, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, It's he's the hero and he's chasing um, Wesley Snipes, I think. And uh, the great Robert Downey Jr. is in it, um, who is actually secretly bad. And I don't know. Joe it's kind Pantaleone of a from The Matrix and The Sopranos. He's Joe Pantaleone in it. is back. Yeah, yeah. Joey Pants. Yeah. Uh, yeah and from um, Christopher Nolan. Um, what's the back? Oh, yeah. Memento. He's in Memento. <laughs> Memento. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking of Christopher Nolan, he made a movie in 1998. <laughs> Are you going to pick it? He did. It's, it's, it's the only one that I haven't seen. <laughs> How to pick. Which one? Following. Following. The following. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't going to pick it. Uh, so, so, notable of movies that weren't selected uh, would Ronin. be Ronin. Yes. Um, or uh, AKA um, Butthole Inspection. Um, <laughs> isn't, isn't Ronin Jan's favorite movie or something? I think it is. Uh, meet Job Lock. I saw Meet That. I, I saw Meet That. I saw Meet Joe Black in theaters. Oh, is that how you say that? For the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> that, was, that was when they showed Phantom Menace. Yeah, Phantom Menace trailer was attached to it. Yeah, because I, I read. Is the, that what you the, went to the movie? To see yeah, the it's yeah. so boring. I re- I read whatever the book was that the substandard t- covered. Uh, best year ever, about ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it, it talked about that. Yeah. So uh, I, I I watched like as as a young dumb person, I watched Out of Sight by Soderbergh, which is well liked. But as a kid, I didn't like it. I need to watch that again. Is that um, I watched that in college. My my professor told me to watch it. Is it is it good? I liked it seven years ago i i need to rewatch it because i was probably drunk or something when i watched it <laughs> the water boy lock stock and two smoking barrels shakespeare See, that's a movie Love, I best like. picture a night at the roxbury adam i kind of can't believe that you didn't pick this movie dirty, dirty work? work yeah it's on my list i just <laughs> the big lebowski is classic now, now, now like i'm so mad you picked big lebowski because that's in my top three of all time yeah, that's easily the best movie of 1998 Perhaps yeah, the, clearly, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that Lockstock was 1998, or I would have picked it. I feel bad now. Uh, and probably the best movie that wasn't picked is uh, "I'll Be Home for Christmas," featuring Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you think it's hard to think that at the time he was just a TV star, but then after all, that Home made him Christmas a came out. <laughs> it's like Clooney, Brad Pitt and JTT. Did you mention wild things? I did not mention wild things. Yeah. It was yeah. on my list of, of movies to watch. I had about 10 movies that I wanted to watch before we talked. And I, I would have started like with that three one. or four of them. Wild Things was one of them, but I didn't watch it. And, um, and then just other notable ones that like aren't deserving of being drafted. But, but maybe if we had another people, another couple people. Dr- or just like one. Uh, f- yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is, is well liked by some. It's kind of absolutely. a quir- quirky movie. American History 10, like I said. Um, uh, Sh- uh, I'm sorry. Elizabeth, which I've never seen, which I hear is really good with... Um, Keep Blanchett. Man in the Iron Mask was another 1998 movie. Yeah. The, I that the, was the, the Sopranos referenced it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever the season was I was watching, three or four, they they, they definitely mentioned it. It was interesting because it, it actually was kind of a hit because overflow from people trying to see Titanic and they couldn't. And Man in the Iron Mask was in theaters like three months later. So we were like, yeah, we'll just see DiCaprio on this. I definitely remember it coming out when my local blockbuster was still around. I was five or six, and I distinctly remember The Man in the Iron Mask being a movie you could rent at Blockbuster. I never saw it, but it was a movie that was there. I'm surprised that none of you, because my impression is that a lot of Americans considered Three Ninjas to be like a childhood classic or something. Mm-hmm. And this year uh, had Ninjas 3 with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. That, that should have gone number one overall. In Afterglow, I've, I've got some Three Ninjas content to, uh, to share with you. Okay. Audience. So uh, one last thing. Can everyone, uh, starting with Adam, we can go in the same order. Adam, can you tell us what your team is and which category uh, the movies that you have chosen fall in? Okay, The Big Lebowski is a comedy. Drama is Snake Eyes. Blockbuster is Blade. Animated, Batman and Robin, Sub-Zero. Wild Card is the X-Files movie and sequel, U.S. Marshals. Steven. So I have for sequel, Lethal Weapon, Drama, The Truman Show, Action, Small Soldiers, Blockbuster Blockbuster is Godzilla, Animated, Prince of Egypt, and Wild Card, Armageddon. And I have in the category of drama, The Mask of Zorro. In comedy category, There's Something About Thomas. Blockbuster category, Enemy of the State. Wild Card is The Last Days of Disco. My foreign film slash uh, it's same category as, as animated is run Lola run. And for sequel, I have star Trek insurrection. How did you manage to draft that? <laughs> I have the best team. I may not have gotten Rushmore or uh, big Lebowski mask. Mask of Zorro is freaking great. That's One of the best terrible. movies I've ever seen. You can't spin that. Uh, <laughs> Blockbuster, Rush Hour, Drama, Saving Private Ryan, Animated, Mulan, Comedy, Rushmore, Sequel, Halloween, 20 Years Later, Wildcard, Rounders. Uh, Thomas, I think we're running out of time. We are out of time. Thank you for listening. You will be able to vote on the draft on Twitter uh, like tomorrow. Please don't vote for me because I don't want your votes. So is is Ryan going to win? Because <laughs> he doesn't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> possible. Thank you for listening. That's all for this time. I'm standing
here outside your door I hate to wake you up to say goodbye So kiss me and smile for me Let me know you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go Cause I'm leaving on a jet plane don't know I'll be back again. Leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> I don't know when I'll be back again. Leaving, Leaving on a jet plane. plane. I don't, don't know when I'll be back again. again. So, Truman, this is who you found to save the planet. Cross, you good to go? One, one sec. Boy, don't take anything seriously. Yeah. Reminds me of a guy I used to know. I'm marrying you. Bet your ass you are.